Alright, let's go. <clears throat> this podcast contains, uh, explicit language, adult beverages, delicious tobacco, and, what's that say? Flagrant misuse of dice? What does that even mean? Who the hell wrote this? To hell with it. I need a drink. Huh? Oh, okay, whatever. <clears throat> this is the Dice and Pipes podcast. Traveling down Bourbon Street, all dressed up nimbly bimbly, like a fucking maniac. Coming to you from the West Cabin, it's Dyson Pipes, the week of Monday, March 9th, 2020. I'm Brian. Hi, Chris. What's up, Brian? I uh, feel great. Dude, that's crazy. So do I. I think we're, this is like one of the rare times that we're both in a very good mood. Yeah, I'm, I'm exhausted, but I feel all right. I'm back from Nolens. How was it? It is a unique place. It's not the first time I've been there. Um, second time I've been there for Mardi Gras, but I've been there a bunch of times. My wife's family is from there. So uh, I go down there quite often. Uh, and by quite often, I think this is the fifth time I've been down there. Um, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit. Twitter? Did I say that? Yeah, you said Twitter. Yeah. Follow us there, Dyson Pipes. Uh, and our subreddit, Dyson Pipes Podcast, where I post incessantly nonstop. And by incessantly nonstop, I mean like three times since I've opened it. <laughs> Everything okay? What's wrong? I don't know what that is. Debris? I don't know if it was like, well, whatever. It doesn't kill you, make you stronger, right? It, it looked like, is it moving? Whatever. Is it ash? No, no, no. It looked like almost mold. Mold? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was kind of like white. And it had like this, like very. Uh, it almost like you. You ever see pictures of like an amoeba where it kind of just like spreads its gobules out? It was in the corner. What happened? It's not in the. It was inside the glass. Oh, okay. So I don't know if maybe it was soap from when it was washed. Oh, maybe because I just washed them. Uh, whatever. Does it smell like soap? It smells like whiskey. Yeah, it smells like delicious. Whiskey kills everything, right? It's got the alcohol mm-hmm. in it. So, whatever. Oh, my God. You're turning green. <sighs> I'm drinking it. All right. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, yeah, no, no. Please. Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, where you don't post anything. Right. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, neither does Barry, apparently. Barry. No, Barry's a fucking uh, maniac. Because, of course, uh, I've been gone for two weeks. And you would think when I tell Barry, hey, listen, get pictures of these dice up so we can start doing this giveaway. Yep. Uh, it's not that hard. Everything was set up. Everything was set up here in the West Cabin to take the picture. Yes. It just we didn't actually hit just snap. Just never done. No. Yeah, couldn't do it. So now I'm going to do it personally. Well, I think, you, yeah, you should take over. I think the only thing that really has any um, consistent uh, show things would be Instagram. That seems to be the yeah. one that at least once a week, I mean, it should be once a day, but Barry's a piece of shit, but it, it, like <laughs> at least once a week, something goes up there. Yes. Uh, so I went to uh, New Orleans for Mardi Gras. Um, this can be part of my toast. It was a good time. Uh, for those who are uninitiated, uh, I believe Mardi Gras 
is a week of celebrations and festivities leading up to Ash Wednesday and the beginning of Lent. Seriously? So, yeah. The last day of Mardi Gras is Tuesday, which is called Fat Tuesday. Right. And it's all big parties and whatever else. Uh, so there's too many stories to go through, so I won't. Um, but I, I did tell you that when I went down there, I was going to get you a pipe. Oh, no. What the fuck are you digging for? So, uh, the way Mardi Gras works is it's not like girls just showing their tits. That's that's a big misconception. I'm not joking. I'm serious. Uh, it doesn't really happen. Um, it happens on Bourbon Street after okay. the parades are over when everyone's fucking hammered right. and trying to get more beads. So, that's not a common thing. No. Because I've never been down there. So, like, my... My interpretation of Mardi Gras is you go down there and all you see while you're there are tits. Yeah. That's it. So, uh, what's with this look on your face? <laughs> I can't wait to give you this pipe. Uh, so, each parade, I believe, is named after a Greek god, if I, if I understand that correctly. Okay. So, there's each parade has a name. So, there's Bacchus, Endemian, Zulu. Um, Zul? Not Zul. Oh, Zulu. Yeah, Zulu. Okay. Not the gatekeeper. And the key master. That's what I thought. Uh, or Gozer. Uh, Gozer, yeah, that's yeah. another big one. Uh, let's see, Toth. And they all, muses, they all have themes. Uh, probably Egyptian gods, if I had to guess. Although there's no Anubis. No, I don't think those are... Uh, maybe it's just mythological gods in general. Yeah. Okay. Well, so they they all throw like the bullshit beads that immediately come to your mind when you think of New Kiddish. Orleans. Uh yeah, yeah. The the purple, gold and green beads. But then each parade has special uh they call it throws, special throws for that parade. Um for example, uh special beads that have like the name of the parade on it and what have you. Then there's unique throws, and those are um, more elaborate things only for that particular parade. And then there's rare, and rare are homemade from the people on the float. So the best example I have of that is Zulu. The most popular and most rare throws of all the parades is Zulu. They throw coconuts. Real coconuts. Real coconuts. Just fucking chucking them at drunk people. Yep. Because that seems, that's not going to end horribly (laughs) wrong. Taking, I almost got a concussion, dude. I got are you hit, fucking I got hit with like a 10-pound bag of beads because the guy was too lazy to open the bag. So he just fucking <laughs> launched it. And I was looking down, handing my kids something, and it fucking cracked me right on the top of the dome. So that, that's why you were wearing the dinosaur mask for the rest yes. of the time. Yes. The, 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 ra- the raptor mask was to entice people to throw beads <laughs> uh, at me. Because the guy, funny. it's a majority guys throwing the beads. Right. And the guys really focus on, from what I could tell, three major things. Hot girls. Okay. Right. So there's uh, hot girls there, like uh, shaking their tits uh, in their clothing. Right. They'll they'll hook up the chicks. Then there's the guys who throw beads at like cute kids. They'll see the cute kids, like stuffed animals and shit like that. Right. Uh, And then the ones who are looking for the dude bros. So like me dancing with the stupid raptor mask. Like certain guys were like, that's fucking awesome. This guy's great. Yeah. And when they throw it at the dude bros, it's not like a tossing to you. They're trying to hurt you. <laughs> so they launch these things like fucking like a fastball. Oh, that that's good. Yeah, yeah it's okay. fun. Uh, you just got to be omni-aware yeah. of everything happening around you. That's when you learn to catch things with your face. Right. So like uh, the rare throws for muses are stilettos. 
that are excuse like stiletto, stiletto shoes. high shoe high 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 heel high shoes high shoe. I was saying <sighs> hi to the shoes as they're hitting me I'm, in the face. I'm, I'm sure you were. So on the uh, do you, do you even have dice? Yes. All right. Because on this program here on Dyson Pipes D and D side, uh, we're rolling a D twenty when you fuck up a word as Brian uh, just did with high shoes. Uh, anything over a ten, Brian is saved. That's a six. Good. Starting off early. <laughs> I'm gonna put down that kisses and hugs coffee mug. Uh, Seventeen ninety two, by the way, foolproof. Foolproof. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah, they throw stilettos that are decorated. Uh, next okay. time we go inside the compound, I'll I'll show you. Yeah, yeah. Um. Now are are they are they at least kind enough to throw a pair, or you just no, get just one, one fucking shoe? Yeah, that's all you're getting is one. But they're shoe. like when you see, I'll, I'll show you when we go inside. The decorations are no bullshit. Right. It's not like they throw some fucking Elmer's glue and glitter on it. Like yeah. they're hand done from tip really? to. To stern. Are, are, are these... So they're getting thrown off of the floats. Yes. Are the floats... Are they promoted? Like, who who runs these floats? So each float has a captain. And the the city takes in no official money from like the... Carlos? Kind of like Carlos, yeah. Okay. There's a, there's a, uh, a captain of the ship. Good. <laughs> okay. Um, the captain nominates a king and queen for the year, for that parade. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're local... Most of the time they're local celebrities... Um, and then there's certain parades that draw larger kings and queens. Uh, Harry Connick Jr. is the honorary king of, I think, Orpheus, or Endemion. Orpheus, I think. He's the king every year. It's his personal parade, or his personal uh, float uh, parade series. I gotcha. Um, so, yeah, they decorate this shoe and throw it. Well, the women, Muses is mostly women. They loved my daughter, and we were staying in a condo from these very rich people that their condo is on the parade route. So we would walk downstairs onto the route. Mm. There's no barricades. You can walk alongside the route and give people high fives and shit like that, which is why people die. Um, but there's nothing stopping you. You are right. You're right there. And these women loved Madison. So she, the woman who has the condo on the route has, in her lifetime of going to this, has collected four shoes. The first night, Madison got seven. Excuse me? Yeah. And we looked them up on eBay, and you can buy them for like $250 a pop. What? Yeah. So we had her give some to family members, because our family members from, from down there don't I, have these things. Right, right. So she was a little pissed off that she gives so many away, but... Anyway, uh, one of the parades is Bacchus. Mm-hmm. Bacchus. And it's the, the god of wine. Yes. And you know me and wine. Oh, big fan. A big fan. Uh, so one of their unique throws were pipes. You're kidding me. Yeah. Now, I already gave you a little gift basket of Mardi Gras shit because I'm going to go down there. Like, I'm not going to buy fucking bullshit trinkets. I'm going to work for what I give you. Of course. Uh, and one of them was a pipe. Oh, no. So I would like to present to you the Bacchus pipe. You fucking stop it. <laughs> Are you... S- <laughs> so <laughs> let me see this thing. That's awesome. It looks like a, like a Native American... I'm sorry. Like a savage. Yes, please. Uh, peace pipe. Dude, I'm going to have a seizure. <laughs> It's very, very, very long. Yeah. 
Very yeah. long. So it's like a 12-inch. It's like plastic, and it has lights in it that I swear to God. Dude, I could totally see how like festive and colorful yeah. uh, like Mardi Gras must be. Because I've never gone. I've seen it on TV a couple of times, but only on, what, like cops? Yeah. When they're just arresting. Right, that's in the French Quarter, like yeah, where all the insanity happens. That's awesome. I got to get a picture. That's awesome. I like that. So I figure when the office is done, Yes. Can, uh, yeah, well, it's going to go up along with that, uh, the fucking, uh, the, the necklace. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's going to be the seizure room. <laughs> a lot of fucking bright, flashing, colorful lights. And then we'll have like a defibrillator up there. Yeah, so it's a long, it looks like a like a Indian peace pipe. It's yes. just Bacchus on the side of it, and it's glowing uh, red, blue, and green. That's awesome. alternating styles. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, with the way your face looked... Um, Oh, it just keeps clicking through. Okay. All right. So there's like three or four different cycles yeah. of lights. Uh, with the way your face looked and you were talking about like throwing beads to see girls' tits and shit like that, I thought it was going to be a pipe shit like a penis. No. <laughs> that I would be good too. I was getting very nervous. That would be good too. Very nervous. Oh, that, that's very cool. That's very cool. Thank you. So, yeah, that's going to oh, go in the welcome. office. Yep. That's awesome. It's going to go right next to the... What, what is, so what is that guy? So you would give him... And we'll have to take a picture, oh, but... Oh, he, he just is one of the unique... There's a... I don't have one here. He's just like a character of Mardi Gras. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not of every year, just that year. He was like one of the looks they went with. Oh, I see. I see. All right. So this was a design that they created. Right. Like next year, they won't throw those again. Oh, so that's unique to right. Mardi Gras 2020. Yeah. So you'll never see that again. Right. And that's one of those ones. You're talking about the rubber guy? On the yeah, other? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that one... Someone just threw me a bag of like 50 of them. The guy was trying to open the bag and he couldn't get it open. So he was just like, fuck it. And just threw me the entire. So I had like a brick of them. That's awesome. So yeah. then you become the curator of such items yeah. and you start throwing them at people. Right. So then what happens, like where the debauchery comes in is after yeah. the parades are over, some of them are during the day, some of them are at night. They all have their own schedules. But at night in the French Quarter, which is like the the quintessential, when you picture New Orleans, that weird like French Creole balconies. Right. That's the French Quarter. Okay. And what happens there is everyone's drunk, and they're trying to get more beads. So you entice people to, to do things to get your beads. And one of the hottest like VIP spots in the French Quarter are the balconies. Not this time we went, but the last time we went to Mardi Gras, um, my wife's cousin, Kathy, she is friends with a guy who owns one of the clubs down there. Uh, I believe it was the Cat's Meow which is a famous karaoke bar. Karaoke. Yes, please. And uh, he led us up into the VIP area, which is the second floor, which has the balcony. So my wife and Kathy don't get to see each other very often. So they, uh, they were just hanging out, and it was just pretty much me by myself. So the owner came over, and he's like, oh, man, is this your first time? Yeah, it's my first time for Mardi Gras. And he's like, listen, I got something for you. And he gives me two big pillowcases filled with beads. Stop it. He's like, go have some fun. Sit on the balcony and toss the beads out to the girls down there. I'm like, all right. So I'm going, I'm throwing beads here, beads there. And he's watching me. He's like, nah, dude, that's not how you do it. Here's how you do it. And he grabs like a handful, like a fucking wad. And he just leans over and just starts dangling them. And like a zombie movie, the women all start coming. <laughs> he's like, ah. ah, ah, Like he's fishing. Like that old guy with the Geico commercial yes. with the dollar bill. Yeah, yeah. Ah. And then they start taking the shirts off. And then, like, you, as the night goes on, it gets crazier and mm. crazier. I got a dude to get his dick sucked for a pile of beads. That's crazy. Seemingly by a stranger. Who knows? Whatever. Uh, and then I fucking railed one right off of her head. <laughs> Just a pile of beads. Good good girl. And poof. 
<laughs> so she gets a concussion. Nice for her efforts. Uh, but that's where like the fucking craziness is. Yeah, yeah. So, so the the, the fucking chaos ensues after, like post parade. Yeah. After the floats all go by, now it, the the lights, uh, you know, it starts to get dark out, and everybody starts partying. Right. And, and now it starts. There's to get really two places for the parties. There's and the cops don't enforce pretty much anything aside from violence. Right. Um, because like it's it's uncontrollable. Like you're gonna start a riot. So everything is fairly loose. And to be honest, like during those nights, like there's a couple of fist fights between drunks, but okay. like you're gonna get that in anywhere. You could get that tonight in Manhattan. Yeah. You know, serious crime, stabbing, shooting. It just doesn't happen. Which it's so it's so weird how like the more they kind of loosen up, the less things happen. I'm sure they get DWIs through the roof. Oh yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> well, don't they have like drive-through liquor stores? Yes. Yeah. Um, and boxed wine. Travel sized. Travel sized. They look like Fido Coco uh, coconut That's water. That's fucking wild. <clears throat> um, so there's really two places to party after the parades. Each parade gets its own black tie ball. Uh, mm-hmm. We had to get like a tuxedo, which I did. I, I was lucky enough this year to go to the ball for Endemion. And Endemion is the biggest parade of all of them. Okay. So the balls are held in the Superdome. So the ball I went to had an attendance of 22,000. I'm sorry? Yeah. There were 22,000 people at this ball that you went to? Yep. And all down on the floor. Like, yep. nobody's in, in seats. Everybody's, right. like, on the grounds of the Superdome. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because the Superdome can, I'm sure, hold probably triple that. Oh, easily, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's all on the floor. And uh, you had to bring your own food and drink. Really? Um, yeah. There's so it's not VIP- like catered. Well, obviously, with 22,000 people, right. you're not catering it. but There's VIP areas that are catered. Right. But, like... To get like the regular seats, you yeah. bring your own shit. And it's funny because the supermarkets in the area all cater for the balls. So the night that there's a ball, that day at all the local supermarkets, they have like just like prepackaged mass dinners, like uh, sandwiches, right? Cut up into triangles. Like we bought two platters of it because uh, usually like you'll sit at a table with strangers and you'll share. I ended up sitting with I think some kind of like state senator. Um, he was some kind of politician. I forget what he was mm-hmm. now. Um, but the tray of sandwiches that I bought, I saw that no less than seven hundred times from just random tables. Because it's I just kept like sitting a down thing. at the wrong table because I'm like, oh, those are not my sandwiches. I'm over here. So I'm I'm seeing a, a very common theme here. So let me let me just paint the picture for the listeners out there. Uh, you end up on VIP balconies. You're at black tie events. You're sitting with state senators. S- so seemingly, yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Yep. Just a day in the life, my man. Just say, just another day. And look, and you're, and I, and I'm still sitting here with this check tool. You have the fancy one. Uh, <laughs> I can only aspire to be what you are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for for the record, I'm smoking uh, this Orlick Golden Sliced, which yes. is delicious. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan. You enjoy it. Yeah, I'm not a big vapor guy, but this one, uh, I think it's the Perique. Um, it's very mild. One, yeah, it's very yeah. mild. Um, what are you smoking? Mm. I have uh, some Reiner Gold 71, Ooh. and that's in my uh, Savinelli Veneri. How are you enjoying that? I, I like this one. I realized the first time, so I had never smoked this before. Um, I, I think I'd smoked this one time. I think I smoked this one other time on the show. I don't think so. Really? I, I remember bringing that over, so maybe I only smoked it during the gameplay when we recorded, but I did not let it dry out enough. And now I let this fucking dry to almost dust. It was like, <laughs> it, there was just zero moisture in it whatsoever. Right. And 
I, I don't know. I get more flavor out of it now. It could be that I'm drinking now on an empty stomach like I always do. True. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it is good. I like it. What I will tell you, and we were talking about this on the recording, I have been balls deep my now driving tobacco. Usually I'll smoke in English when I'm in the car, but for some reason, I don't know what it is. I've been like really interested in this uh, Stoker Bees, uh, the, the bullseye flake. Oh, yeah, I love that. So I've just been going fucking nuts with that in the car. And you know what's good? I not that there's a right tobacco in my opinion, there's not a right tobacco to smoke at a right time. But the cool thing about the bullseye is while you're driving, it could be for the first half hour of your drive, you're smoking, and all of a sudden, that like next time you take a puff, it's a different taste. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's cool because it's not like overly complicated, but it is nuanced. And you hit that little fucking little bullet dot of that black Cavendish, and it just sweetens it up. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I like it. But anyway, I've been in like this Virginia, uh, Virginia Perique kick recently. So I've kind of put Englishes to the side, and uh, I've just been going heavy with the with the Virginias. Going ham, as Don't, the kids say. I've been going ham. Good. And we discussed this another time. I'm finding myself enjoying Englishes more with like like peat heavy scotches, and Virginias more with like uh, you know like American whiskey and um, like if I'm going to drink a scotch with it, like a space side where it's like right. sweeter. Uh, the compliment is is good. Good. Uh, what, what have you been doing since I was hanging out with senators and crying? It's been very sad without you. Oh, very sorry. lonely. A lot sorry. of lot of lonely drives to work. Mm. It's been it's been it's been a rough week. It's been a very rough. I feel week. like I've been gone for like a month, dude. I feel like it's been forever. I almost feel like the last time we recorded was back in February. Well, I think it was. It was. Yeah. Well, that's why I feel that way. <laughs> I have my glasses, by the way. Uh, oh, that's right. We haven't <coughs> done a uh, an intro with your glasses. A what? Fuck me, I tried to cover it up with some horrible <laughs> fucking <laughs> accent. An idiot. An 11. Right on the nose. Right on the nose. Uh, so we uh, we have some good gameplay today. D&D is heating up. Um, oh, it's getting good. Uh, but before oh, we get into that, uh, and before the toast. <clears throat> pre-toast. Pre-toast, uh, a point of order. Point um, of order. I would request and implore everyone to go on to the Apple podcast, that is indeed where you listen to us, and uh, rate us five stars, or as we like to say, five on the apples. Give us a five on the apple. Uh, and we'll we'll put you in a drawing to uh, win some fancy dice, which one day, fucking Barry! Well, is he there? Yeah. You're looking out the window. Did he look at me? Yeah. He's not moving, though. See, he's over your shoulder. Just staring at me with that dumb... He almost... Have you ever seen like a dog when they hear a weird noise and they kind of go like, Ugh! they turn yeah. their head to the side? That's like what he's looking at me like right yeah. now. You son of a bitch. Uh, so please, five on the apples. Uh, help more people find the show. Uh, you texted me while I was away. That, and win uh, prizes, by the way. And win prizes. It's a win-win-win. Win. Yeah, well, what we gave away uh, the last time, we gave away... Um, the fuck did we give away? Tin of tobacco. That's, Two tins of tobacco, I'm sorry. Well, technically a tin in a bag... <laughs> <laughs> of tobacco. So a tin and a bag of tobacco and well, a, like drug uh, dealers. a parchment. Yes, and a parchment. Yeah, that was hand handcrafted by you. Yes, indeed it was. Uh, and now we have another winner waiting in the wings for uh, two winners, technically, right? Because we have two sets of dice to give away. We're going to have quite a few because next week, you, you've, you've given me this gift. I have a gift for you next week. And in conjunction with that, we're going to do a separate giveaway. So we, we have quite a few different oh, giveaways man. to... Uh, as Michael Scott would say, this is a win-win-win. Michael Scott? 
from The Office. Oh, okay. I never saw it. I thought you said you were going to watch it. I can. It's on Netflix. I don't have Netflix in my oh, area. My. In your area? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is that area here in the West Cabin where there's no Wi-Fi? There's no Wi-Fi. How gotcha. can I watch fucking Netflix? I'm with you. Uh, so. It's the amoeba in my glass. It got into my throat. <laughs> That's so weird. It must, it must have been soap. Yeah, I think it was soap. Whatever. Does it taste soapy? No. It was a tiny little thing, and I think I, I, I kind of I pulled it out with my finger. Hmm. So I think it's I think we're good. Well, if I'm dead by tomorrow. Is there anything else in there? Yeah, whiskey. Okay. Which is unfortunate. It should be empty and in my belly. No, there's nothing else. I th- I think it was just a little gob of uh, soap. snot. Of snot. Uh, so before we get into this gameplay, um, I would like to propose a toast. So I'd like everyone out there to raise a glass. This toast. Uh, if you don't have a glass, pause the show. Go get a glass. Fill it with your preferred alcohol. We'll wait. Why would somebody be listening to this show and not drink at the same time? Look. Work. Yeah. In air quotes. Work. (laughs) Driving. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. All right. You got it? Okay. Everyone raise your glass. This toast goes out to the mayor of New Orleans. I don't even know what her name is, but. The tragedy befell. That's the problem right there. Not that you don't know the mayor's name, that the fact you said that the mayor is a her. <laughs> okay. Uh, I believe she identifies as a her. I'm not sure. I try not to get political here. Uh, she, hers. Outwardly political. Mm. Uh, but you can't legislate stupidity. Correct. Stupid people will do stupid things. Always. So. It's called Darwinism. Yes. Uh, the last time somebody died during a New Orleans parade was 2008. Hold on. Define that. Because I there's no way during the parade itself, that's what you're saying. In being murdered, uh, not murdered. Murder. Being, dial M for murder. <laughs> hey, Quincy, it's <laughs> Murder. <laughs> Uh, so somebody either involved in the parade or a spectator of yes, the parade. Yes, two thousand killed was by the a float. Time. Okay, or I believe killed by a float or falling from a balcony. Okay, it's two thousand eight. This year, two people were killed by floats. Mm-hmm. Two people fell off of a float, severely injured, and two people fell off of balconies, severely injured. So six total people, two of which died. Yes, the okay. two people that died run over by the floats. Both, uh, uh, both of them are locals. On. I'm sorry. Let me, let's just pause. Run over by the floats. Well, are these floats doing like 80? No. No. 60? No. What's the speed limit there? 35, they're doing 35 miles an hour. No. What, how fast do you think they're going? Two. Run over by the float. Yeah. Run over. Yep. That reminds me of uh, the original Austin Powers movie. When the guy is the standing and the steamroller is coming, he's like, no! And then they flash to the steamroller, and he's like 100 yards away. Okay. So they got killed by a two-mile-an-hour float. So the first lady, they were both locals. The first lady tried crossing in beach. So some of the floats, like these are not, um, if you've never seen a Mardi Gras float, like there's really no way I feel I could describe it and give it justice. They are... Each parade has minimum 30 floats. Okay. And each float is minimum two stories tall. Oh, wow. Lit up 
animatronics, smoke, fire, flamethrowers. Some of them are three cars long, uh, okay. three floats long, connected by like hitches. Right. Tandem floats, they call it. And so, like, like Endemion has a four a four piece tandem float. So it's technically four floats, but it only counts as one. Um. So the first lady was trying to cross in between a tandem float. Melania Trump? Uh, no, I don't think so. I probably would have heard about that. I don't know. You said the first lady. Oh, uh, the first lady who died. Oh, okay. Uh, it was the only lady who died. The other one was a, a man. Uh, so don't, this don't don't assume. Sorry, a grandpa. That a grand person. A, well, a, okay. a grand wizard. <laughs> Oh <laughs> boy! So if that's the case, then it was okay that they died. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We did not mourn the loss. No. Uh, so the woman tried crossing in between a tandem float. Nobody really knows why, but she ended up getting trapped. I know why. In the she was probably fucking drunk. Yes. Well, that yes, but she got caught somewhere in the machinery and it ended up splitting her like a wishbone. Uh, hold on a second. She tried crossing in the middle of a tandem float. Yeah. That's connected by chains and mechanisms and yes. what have you. Why uh, the fuck would you try to cross between them? That's like that's like a train like coming through the train say and you try to jump in between the trains to get to the other side. Right. Why and the I, fuck would you do that? Because in your in your estimation, in correct estimation, they're going so slow. But I don't think she realized how machinery works because she got caught one part of her became stationary, <laughs> and the other part of her became mobile. <laughs> she became part of the float. Right. And when you have hundreds of thousands of people screaming, you know, for the parade, yay. Yeah, yeah. People on the parade, yay. The tractors pulling, the generators. Right. Uh, yeah, you're not hearing the woman saying, hey, you're ripping me in half. Right, right, right. The second person uh, was reaching to get beads, and the I guess the crowd behind him. B- Bound. <laughs> The, the crowd <laughs> behind him. 18. Okay. The crowd behind him yes. uh, became unruly, and he ended up falling, and his head got run over by uh, something. So the mayor came out and said, and I, I called it. I said, they're going to start barricading the entire parade. Maybe not this year, because it's, it's too late now. They okay. can't reroute the parades, because they actually have to raise the power lines Get they have to move here. trees, like they have to tie trees back for okay. to, to in order for these floats clearance. to make it right. through. So it's not like they could just reroute around. Like once something like this happens, the parade's done. Um, mm. So, with that being said, they don't have time to barricade miles of road for this for this parade. So I said, I mark my words, next year everything's barricaded. Nobody's getting on the street because of these fucking idiots. They did me one better. The next morning, the mayor came out and said, no more tandem floats. So what they had to do was detach Come on. each f- tandem float and then give it its own tractor and its own generator, which just made the parades surprisingly last an extraordinarily long amount of time. Yeah, well, it seems like now you're doubling the length of the parade, right? Because now you have to create the space in between you and have a tractor. Well, the, yeah, and, and it still didn't matter because I'll tell you what, the... The tandem floats were all powered by the lead float, or maybe by the rear float. I'm not sure how the, that works. Okay. Now that they all need their own generator. Well, that's fucking stupid. Uh, it, yeah. Because one person. Right. One person gets ripped in half. Yeah. So you can't, you can't fix it. Because I'll tell you what's going to happen is now the tractors are running so close to the generator in front of them yeah. that they're going to hit the generator and it's going to explode. 
Yes. That's that's the next thing that's going to And then happen. they'll say no generators. Right. And they'll go back to candles. Yeah. <laughs> like and then, the original then Mardi Gras. somebody will get run over by a tractor, and they'll say no tractors, and then you're going to have to have humans like pulling. Right. Yeah, yeah. whatever. How much do you want to bet that that mayor gets voted out? Guaranteed. Because there is, dude, for as many problems as New Orleans has, and New Orleans has a fucked up history. Um, they're always, like, they're, my cousin Kathy is like an encyclopedia about New Orleans, okay. and it is a very sordid place. However, you will never find more proud people. Of course. There are LSU flags everywhere. Mm. There is Mardi Gras shit everywhere. Crawfish everywhere. They they know what they are, and they embrace it. The To the point that uh, the balconies in the French Quarter still have Romeo spikes. Now, back in what I like to call the day, uh, fathers would attach spikes to the pillars that attach to the balconies from the street. Okay. So that way, if a, a dastardly boy tried climbing onto uh, the balcony to see the daughter, it would slice his legs and balls open. That's hot. And they leave, they're still there. The fucking sliced balls? No, no, no. The, maybe. Um, oh, the spikes. The spikes. Oh, okay. Are still there. Like these people. As fucked up as their history is, they appreciate it. There's a bar. I forget the name of it, but uh, their whole theme is like fire and smoke. And I was like, what the fuck is the deal with this bar with the fire and the smoke? Is it like a firefighter hangout? And nope. Back in the day, uh, the gay population used to have secret meetings in the second floor. Okay. And the locals found out about it and burnt the place down with all the gays inside of it. Get out of here. And they celebrate it. Not like anti-gay. Like they celebrate the history of it. The second floor is a gay bar. It's all about smoke and fire, and they just they know what they are, and they lean into it. So when the mayor starts fucking with Mardi Gras... Yeah, that, that mayor's going to be out. Right. It's not like Manhattan, where I would say 80% of the people attending the parade are not from Manhattan. Right. Or even the five boroughs. Yeah. Or, I mean, just generally, people in New York City are so oblivious. Right. The I Heart New York shirts, there's not a New Yorker alive wearing that shirt. No. No. It's all people from Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, um, right of the country that come here is right. You know, that's a big tourism thing. So then, talking to some of the locals down there, uh, the other big thing about New Orleans is voodoo. Who do you voodoo, bitch? Voodoo, voodoo, big, like really? Oh yeah. Um, and they believe that there's a hex on the city. Why is this? Because the Hard Rock was building a hotel casino. Okay. And they built it wrong, and in mid building it collapsed. And there's two bodies still stuck in there that they can't get out. Here's the here's the the plot twist. The bodies are hanging off of the building. You can see the corpses if you drive by it. Stop it. Yep. How is that even possible? What do you mean they're hanging out? You, like, one so of, it I don't know where the second one is, but the first one you can see his legs hanging out of one of the windows. No way. Yes. Yep. They've covered it with a tarp like three times, and the tarp just blows off after a while. If they can go up there and cover it with a tarp, exactly. why not get rid of him? Exactly. I don't know. Now, I'm only catching like a, a snapshot in time of the news, so right. I don't know everything that led up to it. All I know is where we're at right now. And these guys, I think to this day, are still... Still just yeah. dangling their, happened, their poor little legs. This happened in <clears throat> December. Are you fucking serious? Oh, yeah, dude. So the the voodoo people believe that the families put a hex on the town because two people fell off of balconies, two people got killed by floats, uh. two people fell off of floats, severely injured, and there's two corpses stuck in this hotel. So they believe that until those corpses go, things are going to happen to people in twos. 
That's crazy. We're two people here recording a podcast. It's fucking right. See what I'm it's saying? It's like Final Destination. Yes. Dude, it's all downhill from here. Yes. And our final destination. And des- you, brought, you brought the spirit back with the Bacchus bite. <laughs> and that brings us to our final destination of gameplay. Yes. Look at that fucking terrible Wow. <laughs> so, uh, to Ooh. the mayor. Yeah, to the mayor. You'll be voted out soon. Sure. Kind of like Bloomberg. Oh, shit. He was still running, right? No, he's out. What do you mean he's out? He's out. He spent $5 trillion. And he won, um, he won, uh, what the fuck is that? Guam? No. He won some, like, off island, which I don't even understand why they have any fucking say in our politics. Hawaii? Hawaii? (coughs) He won, I I forget. Oahu? New Guinea? No. Venezuela? Well, I'm I'm Italian. Um, I could say that, you know. Barry, I need a minority report. All right, minority report is in. You are allowed to say Guinea. I, I am not. Okay. I can say Mick. Well, because the like Italians were comp- conquered by Moors. The what? God damn it. That's going to kill my joke. Excuse me. Not 15. Start again. What? Because the Italians were conquered by the Moors who were black, can I then say... You're a fucking asshole. I'm just, I'm just wondering. Well, I gotta take notes. Just, where's your hamburger pad? I upgraded <laughs> to finally using your phone. <laughs> oh, um, all right, let's uh, let me pump the brakes on this. I should have ruined your joke. That was that was horribly inappropriate. What, Barry? Can I get a minority report? Minority report is in. You cannot say that. Uh, shit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I know something about time. the way you ended the word. Oh, that's mm. what it was. Yeah. Okay. I'm uh, sorry. But I'm, sorry. I'm not the. I'm not the expert. No, you're right. Yeah. Uh, that, my apologies. Go out to anybody uh, offended. Yes. Uh, all right. So let's do gameplay. When we come back, let's talk about Mike Bloomberg because I just saw a commercial for him this morning. They're so. fucking relentless. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that when we come back. It's horrible. Right. Gameplay. <laughs> I am Dungeon Master, your guide in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. So I'll, I'll step inside the uh, the house. All right. So does it look like it's like disheveled? Give me uh, investigation. Eight. Okay. With an eight. Uh, you don't notice anything disheveled. You do notice a smell from rotting food because now it's been a few weeks. Um, any fruits or anything that you might see on like the kitchen are almost completely... Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen like fruit that just eventually it, like vanishes, right. but it's in that close state where it's very like uh, stringy and black. Mm. Uh, but the one thing you do overwhelmingly notice are symbols carved all over the place. What kind of symbols? Give me a flat 20. Nine. Okay. You've seen these symbols before. Where? With a nine, I'm not going to tell you. Okay. But I have another handout. Oh. Just full of handouts today. 
that's not all of them, but they all look something similar to that. Uh, lots of angular pictures, triangles, um, lots of ruin, ru ruinic pictures. Well, the one that catches his eye goes back to what that original parchment that had the two lines with the almost looks like a house. Mm -hmm. Okay. was ballsy dude just passed him on the double yellow that's why yeah. that's fucking stupid that's stupid it's the only straight away that's fucking <laughs> okay And the funny thing is, when Harrison fell from the bridge, his original journal is gone. So he knows that one part of the symbol looks extremely familiar. But obviously he has nothing to compare it to. Well, where else have you encountered symbols? Oh, well, it's been dealing with the sisters or going into um, right the cave in Hexley. The symbols on... Right, weren't there symbols on the ruin that I initially found the gauntlets? Oh, what the fuck was in that cabin? So as you're sitting here racking your brain, those symbols, while you can't be certain, do look... They start ringing bells in your mind of the basement of that cannibal. Harrison will look around the house to see if there's anything that he can take because I've never specifically said that I went and picked up another journal. So he'll look for something, some kind of book or... Uh, yeah, I would say you, you find... Know, so he finds something and he just starts like taking notes and he'll redraw these images in that journal. Um, and then he'll just survey the house until the investigator shows up. Okay, Uh aside from these symbols being carved all over the place. And again, that's not a list of all of them. Right. But they all look similar to that. Right, it's an example. And they're all over the house. Uh, yes. Okay. What do they look like they were carved with? Give me investigation. Fifteen. So... 
it's hard to tell. Uh, it was not like they're not like scratchy, like it was with a knife. Okay. Um, some kind of tool. Probably. But it was a tool. It wasn't like somebody like going crazy using their hands. Right, exactly. Okay. It was some kind of object used to carve these. But it was a tool. It doesn't look like it was burned. Correct. No okay. comment. And they're all over. Yeah. Now, when you say all over, like, are they on the ceiling? No. How high up the wall are they? Average height. Okay, so it looks like a normal, like an able-bodied human. Right? They're not like, if there was a cathedral ceiling, there isn't one that's like 15 feet up in the air. They're right, Like, right, how right, the fuck right. did somebody get up there? Exactly. Okay. And outside of the symbols, there's nothing extraordinary. Right? Everything else seems to be... You got a 15? Yeah. Yeah, uh, from what you can see. So the only things that that stand out to me are this, you know, the the smell of like rotting food. Um, the door was kicked in, but obviously that was them gaining entry into the house, right when they hadn't heard from them in three weeks. Right. Maximo was in the wind, and these carvings. Yes. That were done by some tool, with precision. They're yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty good. It's as though you're looking at a, uh, like a, uh, like a, a crop circle. Yeah, it's a great way to put it. Okay. Yeah. If you didn't know any better, you would say they had like a stamp <laughs> that could like stamp into the stone or the wood or whatever surface they put it on. Okay. Uh, that's not what they used, but right. it's, it's very precise. Um, Is it in stone or it's only in the wood? It's, uh, yeah, stone, wood. Okay. Okay. So, uh, after some time, uh, the investigator shows up, and uh, he gently knocks on the door, and uh, very heavy set guy, uh, big beard. Um, he's wearing Imperial regalia, but no armor. Uh, Mr. Bullet. Yes. Kadish Schrock. I'm the lead investigator. What can you tell me so far? We assigned uh, a housekeeper and a gardener to this estate. And typically, every day, the staff would arrive, announce themselves at the door, and uh, from our interviews, your wife would allow them into the home. They would clean and do all the necessary homework. Uh, and at some point about two, three weeks ago, uh, they stopped answering the door. The first few times, they figured that perhaps uh, your family was away on holiday. But eventually the home aide became concerned after several visits and notified uh, my office. Two Thunder Force soldiers came back with her and they uh, they kicked down the door and he starts walking through the house with you and he goes uh, into like the living area uh, and he points to the floor where like the fireplace is in front of the fireplace uh, we found your wife 
uh, on the floor in this spot here, uh, laying on her back. No blood that we could detect. He continues walking, and he goes down like a hallway that uh, off of the living room that leads to a series of doors, bedrooms, or offices, or you know whatever. One of your children, uh, the younger one, was here in the hallway, face down. Again, no injuries, and the older child uh, was in the bed chamber, laying in the bed on their back. Again. No signs of struggle. No signs of uh, injury. I take it you've interviewed neighbors. Uh, yes, you have one neighbor. Uh, I'm, I'm aware that you have not met this neighbor yet. Uh, but he is uh, an intelligence officer with the Imperial City. He uh, passes through reports of heresy in the mainland and determines what's credible and what's not. Uh, we don't have a time frame, unfortunately, of when this dastardly act occurred, uh, but uh, we're confident that he had nothing to do with it, and he also reported no unusual occurrences up until the day when the Thunder Force kicked open the door. We also uh, looked through your contacts through manifests and saw that uh, you were familiar with uh, Maximo. Yes. Uh, so we went to his flat and uh, we were unable to make contact with him for several days and we feared that the same fate befell him. So we took entry into his apartment uh, and he was nowhere to be found and his his lodging was in similar state as this. Uh, food rotting uh, it appears that he just left, and we've been searching for him since. Unfortunately, no leads. These carvings on the wall, do we know anything about them? We're working in the library, um, but nobody aside from the investigators working this case knows that these symbols are here. Were they also found at Maximo's place? No. By interviewing the neighbor, my family, have they had any guests recently? No. Your children were going to... Uh, your older child was going to school. Mm. Your younger child was being tutored by the, the home aid... Um, and it's worth mentioning, we did interview the maid. She gave me the information I just relayed to you, but she has been staying close and keeping in contact with us. Uh, she was quite fond of your wife. Uh, we have ruled her out, but of course, we're not doing anything official until you are personally involved. Do you have any suspects? I'm, I'm sure Maximo uh, is a suspect. But he, he would be number one. And he, he's the only one that I can think of right now. Has the Thunder Force been made aware of his disappearance? Meaning, are they looking for him outside of the Imperial City? Uh, at this point, no. Send word to Northridge. Okay. We are, after all, creatures of habit. If he feels as though his stay here 
has come to an end, that Northridge would be the place that I would flee to. I understand. See if they can lock the city down. Or it's really not so much a city. See if they can put Northridge on lockdown. And once my business concludes here, that's where I'm headed. Very good. Uh, here's my information if you need to get in touch with me. Um, my office is located here. And he scratches down location. And uh, while we have not had the pleasure of meeting, I can assure you, I consider you one of us. I will not rest until we have an answer for this. Aye. And my condolences to you. Thank you. What would be done to the house? That is up to you. I, if I may, I would leave it intact until we have a conclusion. Understood. When this business is done, you may do with the house what you will. Okay. Uh, I will be here until the medical examiner has concluded their investigation into my family's death. If somebody could... He's just, he's, he's, you could tell that he's just like completely broken up. He's yeah. like, uh, no, I've, there's an investigation. I, I can't, I can't stay here. I need, I, I need a place to stay. Of course, of course. Just if somebody can send word to the medical examiner to make haste with his investigation. Yes, of course. Would you prefer to stay in barracks with people around? Sometimes that helps. Or would you prefer to be alone? I'd prefer to be alone. Very well. I'm sure there's uh, an empty estate somewhere that we can put you in. Okay. For the time being, uh, the library has uh, workers' quarters. So for tonight, we can put you there. You'll be by yourself. Uh, and then we can find you a house in the morning. Okay, thank you. I have to pee. Yeah, same here. Perfect time. We peed. Gotta fucking repack a pipe. So, what? Yeah, I think at this point Harrison's just hanging out until the autopsy is done. Okay. Um, right. He's already spent his time in the library. He's obviously already looked into these symbols and stuff. So it's not like he knows that going down there, he's not going to find anything. So unless there's like a team of people in the library, um, it. It seems more likely that they would uncover something and then they can report and then if anything comes out of that then maybe I'll find myself going back down there but as of right now I think he's just gonna like grieve the loss of his family right and just kind of barricade himself into an estate yeah, and, okay uh, un until somebody comes to me but I, 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 I so I picture him like 
but just residing in this estate temporarily for as long as it takes the autopsy to be conducted. People bring him supplies, food, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, we go from there. Okay. So we'll fast forward time because uh, nothing's really happening. Correct. So I would say it takes about four days. And there is a knock at the door. And... Uh, so many notes. Uh, Kadish is at the door. Okay. Harrison will open up the door. Hey, how, uh, how are you feeling today? Same as yesterday. I understand. Uh, we have an autopsy report. Come in. Come in. So he uh, he walks and takes his hat off, and uh, so there was no poison. So how did they die? We don't know, but we did find a similar injury on all three of them. There was a small hole in the back of each of their heads. Where? Uh, right above the base of the neck. And he kind of reaches back and he touches his own head. And uh, you know that like when you touch your neck, you can feel the two lines of like those muscles or whatever they are going right. up. Right as they dissipate into your skull, he kind of points there. He's like right in the base of the skull. A small hole, maybe maybe the size of a gold piece in diameter. No blood. And we didn't notice it at first because obviously all three of them have hair. We sent word to the mainland uh, to keep an eye out for Maximo. Uh, no response as of yet. Thank you. How could there be no blood? I'm going to be frank. I think the terrorist attack in Northridge those months ago have set off a chain reaction and I believe that magic is at work here. These symbols are infernal if you ask my opinion. And to my knowledge the Imperial City has never experienced anything like this. <clears throat> and if I'm going to be perfectly blunt mm. I don't know where to go from here. And it seems like out of everyone here while your experience is limited with this witchcraft, it is at least experience nonetheless. So, if there's any other information that you have, it would be helpful. I believe the answers we seek lie with Maximo. There's a reason why he left. I agree. He's either guilty because he had something to do with this or he's afraid because he knows who or what is responsible for the murder of my family. Well, leaving the capital city, his options were Northridge, Three Towns, Fairpoint, Tisona, 
or Stallfall Castle. And while we did send out word to Northridge, it is possible that he could have gone and left before that word got out. However, I feel that we would have received word back that he had at least passed through. So it's possible he didn't go to Northridge. He could be at one of the other ports of call. Or he could still be here. I mean, this the, the Imperial capital is tremendous. He could be hiding in the sewers here. He could be hiding in one of the built recently built or recently abandoned buildings here. Right. I think they had bolos in this area. <laughs> and fucking I'd be <laughs> plastering his face all over every fucking telephone pole. Oh, they have. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's an artist's rendition. Right. But, yeah. Would, oh, I mean, Harrison would know, but does Harrison know if Maximo had family? Uh... He does, but it's not like it's not like wife and kids family. It's right. like, you know, a brother, a cousin, something like that. Right, right. Also in Northridge. Okay. Any word back from those that are scouring the resources in the library? No. Um the to my knowledge, and of course there's thousands of books down there but I don't recall seeing anything that even comes close to this we wouldn't have probably allowed it if these books did exist at one time they would have been burned okay I know of another group of people that was really big into book burnings probably not the example you want to follow probably not <laughs> just saying um Now I'm trying to think, who did I share? The, the parchment that was given to me that had the original lines on it was given to me f from Alexanderson, right? Um, Crazy squirrel. The the very, very, like, that was on the bark? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'll just drop, like, the slight hint to this guy. Um, and I'll basically confirm what he just told me. Um, so I'll just say, you know, I've... As one man, I've done some research in the archives of the library looking for what appeared to be similar symbols, and just like your men, I had no luck. I agree with what you said before, with there being a potential um, of magic being in play here, but I, I think I think those are words that are better kept his thoughts. Of course. Of course. And that's what's making this so difficult. <clears throat> well, I think we both know that ideas like that in the hands of powerful people can have some unintended consequences. How many people know about the symbols inside of my family's estate 
the detachment of Thunder Force that was with you, uh, two of those men responded to the original call for help. The other three that were with them are trusted allies of ours. Myself, uh, the lieutenant, and you. Okay. And now the mortician knows about the injuries. But nobody else, aside from the two of us, know about the injuries. We're trying to compartmentalize the information, aside from you and I. Very good. I'm going to take some more time to grieve the loss of my family. Until then, if there is anything that you need, you can find me here. If I think of something, I'll send word to you. Of course. Um, here's a list of family members that I can recall of Maximo. Ah, very good. At least it's something, maybe some place to look. It is worth noting, uh, we've tried tracking down this lead, but to no avail. Uh, Maximo was under a temporary employ by a woman by the name of Cassandra Honorstone. Hmm. Does that name sound familiar? Yes, it does. Um, we've spoken to her, and we have ruled her out, but apparently she was looking for... A friend of hers. Any word if that friend was ever found? No. Uh, I believe Maximo has the answer to that question, but as far as she knows, uh, the job went unfinished. We do know that Maximo was seen dealing with the Noxon crime family. Low-level smugglers. Uh, that crime family is headed up by Roderick Noxon. They wear those masks. Correct. Right? Yes. Um, we don't know them to be involved in things of this nature. If Maximo is still within the confines of the city, let me give you some information on the mission that he was working on for Cassandra Honorstone. Okay. Uh, apparently she was trying to locate a missing friend. Perhaps if the Thunder Force can find this guy, maybe Maximo was still in the process of trying to locate him. <clears throat> Just another potential lead. Okay. And then I'll explain to him the whole thing with Floon. Okay. One of my favorite names, by the way. <laughs> Floon. 
Well, um... I guess that's at least a leader we didn't have before. So. Okay. Well, uh... We'll be in touch. I'll be here. So I see him out. All right. I would think like a couple of days have passed. Yeah. Right. All right. I think. Um, you know, now that the autopsy is done, I would imagine that they would make arrangements for. Yep. You know, funeral. So I, while that's going on, I think, um, <clears throat> you know, one night, Harrison is going to secure himself in this estate. He's going to break out the uh, the purple kush. Okay. Going to have himself a little smoke. All right. Give me a flat 20 with advantage. Okay. So again, you start feeling loosey-goosey. The armor starts to kind of loosen. And the ringing in the ears. And now I feel like you're probably at the point now where you're kind of welcoming it. And you're used to it. You're prepared for whatever is going to happen. Right. Just not images of dead family members. Right. You probably can't prepare yourself for that one. Right. Right. But yeah, yeah. All the side effects of it, I would think he's becoming more acclimated to it. Okay. Uh, would you get a 15? 14. 14. Just give me a second. I'm trying to figure out what I want to reveal. Yes, yes. Okay. Not quite as vivid as before. Kind of murky, but not not terrible. You can parse through the fog of your mind. And you see three women. Uh, one with red hair, one with blonde hair, and one with brown hair. And... These are almost like still images, like um, like a slideshow. They're kind of like revolving through your mind. And you see them in the swamp. And you see them in the tower. And you see them in the Imperial City. Not necessarily where your residence was, but you see them in the city. And you get images of the Undercity. Um, and you are overwhelmed with an incredible sense of like impending 
I don't want to say doom. That's a little dramatic. Um, pain. Like a mental pain. That's flooding over you. And as you start seeing images of the Undercity. An image of... A grand door. Kind of locks into your mind. And... Above all the other images, this is probably the most vivid. And it's a very intricate stone door. Uh, covered in... Uh, corrosion. Dripping water. And it's an image... It looks like maybe two people locking arms or locking weapons or standing opposed to each other. It's kind of hard to make out. But that's the image that really solidifies in your mind as this purple chooch or whatever you call it. The purple kush. Purple kush. As that wears off. Okay. I wanted to do the math. I bought four ounces of it, so I want to see roughly like how many bowls I can smoke, and it amounts to like 55. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You know. Because you figure, I'm sure you're going to fall through something at some point, and you're going to lose. Yeah, it. I'm going to lose it. So that's, that's too much math for me to work. Yeah, out. yeah. No, I got it. I'm going to keep a, I'm going to keep a <laughs> running tally. Uh. So I get like mental pain. All right. So I, I'm assuming like Harrison, almost like a like a depression, almost. Right. Well, which he'll attribute to what he's going through with the loss of his family. You know, he won't connect it to anything else. He'll just, you know, from like a primal instinct of grieving, you know, it's just, he'll assume that it's attached to that. Okay. All right. I think... I think while Harrison is here and waiting for, you know, whatever needs to be finished through the medical examiner, I think he's going to send a contingent to face buyer. And he wants them to seek an audience with Howard Warren. And... I don't want them to like muscle him, but I want them to like convince him that his uh, services are are needed in the imperial capital. Okay. So that's going to be if you were to dispatch them today. Let's just say we are looking at. I guess it wouldn't be too bad. At least two weeks before, if he agrees instantly. Right. You know what I mean? Right. The best case scenario, two weeks before he sets foot in the Imperial City. Okay. All right. Just to at least get that, that ball rolling. Okay.
All right. Then at that point, I think it's just like Harrison just shuts it down. Okay. So we're going to go through the funeral. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's a grand church, and um, unfortunately, this is one of those things. It's like a political event. Everyone shows up because right. they don't want to be the person that doesn't show up. They could give a shit about you. They're more there just to be seen. Uh, kind of like when a political figure dies, like and that nobody knows, right? You know, uh, like the state senator's staffer. Right, yeah, and that at a courtesy, everybody right. makes an appearance. Because you don't want to be the one guy who doesn't show up. Right, that they so, all talk about. Right. Uh, and we have the burial. And you're in a secluded plot. Um, you get the feeling that the Empire, in general, is a fan of yours. Because they're, like, they're giving you a lot of accoutrements. Um, and maybe that wouldn't set in right away, but you are a valued asset and that's probably because you have experience with things that they've only read about thus far right um and the funeral passes it's probably been a few days are you are we just shutting it down until we hear from this guy or are you going to well my plan is not to leave the imperial capital so whatever business I can conduct here. Um, so, I'll, all right, I would think my time will be spent if I can kind of break it up uh, in the library reading just to see what I can uncover, if there's anything new. Um, not that he's looking to find some groundbreaking thing because he's already been through that, but just to see if anything, now that he, he's kind of been out there and just more shit has happened to see if there's anything that as he rereads or reads new if anything kind of strikes him alright so your days would be filled with once in a while hitting the library right maybe looking for this floon character okay the floon thing you know so I'll keep my eye open for that um and that's yeah that, that's pretty much it alright give me Give me a history check for the library. Seventeen. What is there a certain topic in particular you would be looking for, or are we just kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to grab books and let's see what this one is about and start kind of skimming it? Yeah, so I would say... <clears throat> I'm looking at the oldest of books and just grabbing them off of the shelf. Kind of like the topic uh, is, we're just grabbing. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll just I'll thumb through it and I'll see if there's anything in there that kind of piques my interest. And if not, like if it's like the history of Quidditch, yeah, I don't care about that one. Yeah, right. Put that one back. Okay. You know. So you end up grabbing a book about uh, the architect of the newer buildings in the Imperial Capital. Very famous guy who. Hendrick Crestseeker employed to start rebuilding the Silver Triumph, which is the original building that fell during the big explosion that led to the Crimson Conclave. Uh, and this guy was renowned for the survivability of his buildings. The angles of the buildings, they survive earthquakes, hurricanes. They're, they're pretty impressive buildings. And he is who was hired to build... Uh, the new Imperial City, or at least draft the plans. And as you're reading this book, 
and maybe you've looked at this book before and we're just like, I don't care about architecture, but for whatever reason on this day, maybe you're just burnt out and you're like, you know, let me do some easy reading. It's like a bio, like a biography almost. Right. Uh, there's a certain section of the book where it talks about the challenges that this guy faced, the trials and tribulations of building a new city on top of an old city. And everything involved with getting goods to and from uh, and he was actually, while he didn't design it, he was instrumental in the idea of using airships, decommissioned frigates out in the ocean to travel over this lake because this lake is impossible to navigate for whatever reason. And uh, you start seeing his ideas of how to build a sewer system for so many people almost in between, like in the void between the current Imperial Capital and the Silver Triumph beneath it. And while you're looking at this book, you learn that there is like a mid-city almost. There's this void in between the city that you're in and the old city that's been destroyed. And you learn that if you, through the sewers, you can get to this void area that's in between the two cities. Uh, but what you don't know is number one, where these access points are, and two, if they're flooded or not. There's no information on that. Um, but there is this weird in-between space, in between the city and the old city. Okay. Harrison's going to start looking like a hobo. He's just going to start going around at night trying to gain access to, like, the sewer system. It's easy. I mean, it's just like, you know, there's, like, manhole covers. It's very advanced for the time. Okay. Um, there's pumping stations. While there's no machinery, necessarily, um, they do have, like, steam-powered pumping stations that help push water maybe out to the river Mm. surrounding, or the lake, I should say, surrounding Debrin. Um, so getting into the sewers are easy. It's navigating them that's right, a little difficult. Complicated. Yeah. Alright, so he'll try to you know, like, little by little. He just takes trips down there just to kind of see what it's all about. Alright, um, let's uh, let's do an investigation check for Floon. favorite name. Sixteen. So, you learn that Floon has resurfaced. You've asked around about him. He is of no importance of any level. He's just another citizen of uh, the Empire. Um, but you did hear tell of A couple of bar fights that have occurred over owed money. And some of the stories you hear start adding up to this is probably the Floon guy. And one thing in particular, uh, you learn that Floon could almost be the twin brother. He isn't, 
what could almost be mistaken for a twin brother of Arafim Genoan. Now, who the fuck is that? So that name is pretty popular. Uh, the Genoan name is, is fairly popular because Tider Genoan is the former High Justicier of the Imperial City. He no longer is, but he used to be. And Arafim is his son. And this Floon character, whoever this guy is, has a striking resemblance to him. Now, is it known that like, does Floon know that? You wouldn't know. Okay. But what you do know is that... That's one of those things where as I ask around, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, that's the guy who looks just like someone. Exactly. And you got a 16, you said? Yeah, 16. So you also heard about Floon telling this wild tale about how the Noxon crime family kidnapped him for a short time. Because they believed he was, in fact, Arafim Genoan. And then they found out that he wasn't somehow. And they either let him go or he escaped. That part you're not sure about. Okay. And then you said you would also be kind of poking around the sewers? Yeah, yeah. Give me a survival check. Nine. All right, so as you poke around the sewers, um, you're slowly but surely kind of... I don't know if you're drawing your own map of the sewers or you're leaving markings on the wall. Somehow, some way, as you meander your way through the tunnels underneath the city, you kind of systematically start checking things off. Okay, it's not here. Mm. It's not here. Okay. Yeah, because like you said, I mean, the city is fucking massive. Right. So, again, you know, he takes a couple of hours out of his day to right. just kind of dive down there and and see what he sees. And I would think he, he's handwriting. He's not putting any markings on okay. the walls or anything like that. So everything would be written down. So. How many days would you say that you do this? This, like, root, like this routine of books, sewer, investigation. Uh, until I get word that Howard is in town. Okay. Uh, any of the leads that I've given you so far, are we following up with any of those right now? Um, it, knowing that, <clears throat> excuse me, it, the idea that I have with Howard, I would think I kind of tail off of the whole Floon thing and focus more on the sewers his hope, obviously, is to find a way to access this this area under the city that he's, you know, dreamt about and right. been told about. So, and he's hoping that if he brings Howard here and convinces him to stay and almost, like, work for him, um, that Harrison can find an access point and then Howard can create some sort of device to navigate any sort of, like, flooded area with this fucking psychotic contraption that he has. Okay. Um... So I would say we cut the Floon thing out for now and we go maybe like like 65, 35, 65% investigating sewers, 35% in the library reading about now this whole architectural digest thing has kind of piqued his interest. So, All right. So let's do one more set of rolls for each one. 
Let's do... A history check. We're focusing on... on uh, like architecture type stuff. Right, because obviously... Infrastructure. Right, right, right. He's trying to find a way into this void. Right. That would potentially lead him to the old... Uh, okay. Give me a history check with a plus one. 15. Oh, boy. That was ugly. 15? Yeah, 15. All right. Let me, let me do a thing. Where's my D20? Oh, there it is. That is a 20. You find... In one of these books... Maybe a folded up piece of paper or a parchment. Mm. And it's schematics. Oh. Of the sewer. Oh, that's a fucking home run right there. So I have the layout of the sewer system. As of several, very long time ago. Right, right, right. Okay. Maybe 20 more minutes. Yeah, you want to do 20? How long, how long do you want to do the uh, the retro for? Because I'm thinking this, like finding this, might be a great place to. All right, yeah. Because then, if that. we do two hours, then that way I can be home by three. And that yes. is where we will end. All right. What a great gameplay session. I couldn't tell you what you just listened to because it's been so long since we've recorded and we have so much D&D in the bank, but I'm sure whatever it was, it was fucking great. It was gold. It was as gold as this conversation that we're about to have. <laughs> All right. About Mike Bloomberg. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. I just saw a commercial for him this morning. What do you mean he's out? He's out. Now, I don't read the news, really. Um, the, uh, look. One would believe mm -hmm. he's still in on account of, I literally, like, Minutes before we started recording, saw a commercial. Nope, he dropped out. Super Tuesday, like he dropped out this morning, and they just didn't pull the commercials in time. It, no, well, let's let's go with the dates, right? Since uh, we're recording, and uh, this is going to be played next week. So Super Tuesday was March third. He dropped out March fourth, and uh, and supported Joe Biden. The problem is, I believe Bloomberg has prepaid all of his staff through November, <clears throat> so you're still going to see him dumping a shitload of money into this campaign. So you're not going to get away from He it. is a real special kind of asshole. Yeah, to, oh, Guam, I think, is... that That's what he won. He won Guam. Where's Guam? I have no idea. It's not in the U.S., so I don't understand how the fuck you can win someplace. Who did Guam vote for last time? Probably, I think, Hillary. All right, so. I think they, they broke for Hillary. So he got, like, five delegates out of Guam. Are they he part spent, of Puerto, Puerto Rico? No, but I think they're another, like, island. I don't even know. They're not part of the U.S., and I'm an isolationist, so I don't give a fuck where they are. I don't care. But, but they're part of us. So they're isolationists with you. Yeah, but they're, they're not. I don't know. I don't know where they are. I've never heard this before. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of um, <clears throat> like islands that, that have a say in our elections, uh, uh, albeit a minor. Say. Are they at least close to us? <clears throat> I, I think they're technically a territory of the United States. Therefore, they get to vote in our national election. Okay. But like geographically, like are they at least like close? Like if I look at a map of America and the surrounding waters, 
uh, I'm assuming that Guam is not part of Canada. I'm assuming Guam is, is Guam? not part of Mexico. Um, are they close like Hawaii is close? Or maybe close like Alaska is close? Uh, I, I, now, now you have me second-guessing myself. Now I have to make sure that it was, in fact, Guam. Was it Guam? Are you talking about guano? Bat, not, bat no, we're not talking about bat shit. I don't know. He he won some fucking some territory of the United States. My brain is not functioning properly to actually do this uh, this research. The Samoas? Maybe it's Samoa. Samoa Joe and fucking Rocky Maivia voted for fucking Bloomberg. Sure. Who else did he win? So we got the Samoas, maybe Guam. That's it. I think those, yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, so people who don't live in America voted, voted for, for Bloomberg. Like yeah, he only spent like $700 million. Did you see this video? First of all, I don't think you can go anywhere on YouTube or, or on social media and not every five minutes see a fucking ad from this guy. It's insane. Yes, it's fucking, it's outrageous. And it just goes to show you, I think they were estimating he spent like somewhere of like $250 million on social media. That's crazy. Two hundred fifty million. I don't think Hillary spent two hundred fifty million dollars all of last year. How much did wrong. Trump spend in two thousand sixteen? I think maybe around four hundred million. Okay, for total. So, for total, and I'm sure Hillary sent, spent about the same. What? Fuck me, dude. It's we, a rough uh, day. Yeah, this is gonna be bad. A twenty. Are uh, you cocksucker? You can drink now, um, because I'm gonna forget later. <clears throat> that's that's Warhammer. Oh yeah, good point. Good point. I, I should I roll for that? No. Okay. I don't want to drink again. No, no, you'll drink again. Um, anyway, long story short, it's just, it's it's obnoxious, the amount of videos that you see about this guy. So you'll just be, and, and it has nothing to do with his politics. It's the fact that he is just like over the top in your face. Right. Like you can't get away from this guy and you couldn't find a worse candidate. Like I, nobody, nobody supported him. The worst video I think I might have seen, did you see the one where he goes to eat the pizza? Dude, it was horrible. It was worse than the Andrew Andrew Yang where he's fucking doing uh, whipped cream shots with dudes on their knees in front of him. Did you see that one? No. <laughs> the last thing I saw from Yang was uh, I think it was an Intercontinental Championship match between Jimmy Wang Yang and No, uh, I don't I don't know. He was the redneck Chinese guy. It was great. Hold Jimmy on, Wang did, Yang. Did WWE had a redneck Chinese guy? Jimmy Wang Yang. That's awesome. Or Jimmy Yang Wang. Whatever. This guy was doing fucking like ready whip shots out of the can with dudes who were on their knees in front of him. It was very awkward. Maybe he was doing whippets. It, maybe he was trying to give him whippets. Whip it good. Do, 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 do. You must whip it. Whip it do, 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 into shape. Do, do, do. Shape it up. Do, do, do. It's not too late to whip it. Whip it good. Jesus Christ. Uh, before before that, that was by far the worst, probably the worst of uh, this this political cycle, up until this video of Michael Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg, I think, is in his campaign office. There is like a uh, a bunch of pizzas like stacked up, and to the right of the pizzas looks like they're boxes of Joe, right from Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. You get coffee, box of Joe. <clears throat> Bloomberg opens up the lid to the pizza box, reaches in with his two hands, peels a piece off. Doesn't even take a whole slice. Peels like the 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 tip. Of just the tip. He's all about the tip. Just peels the tip off, eats it, 
reaches back in, grabs some more cheese, eats that, then licks his fingers like he was eating fucking like buffalo wings. Doesn't wipe his hand or anything like that, and then starts touching the fucking box of Joe, where other people are going to use for coffee. Now, this guy just put out a three-minute video in response to the current administration's handling of the coronavirus. And here's this maniac reaching in and touching everybody's food, putting his hands in his mouth, and then touching other items that other people are going to touch. Like, come on, guy. Come on. He is not a time traveler. No, he is far from a time traveler. No, he needs to actually hire time travelers to find out what the fuck is going on and correct his shit. This is the same guy that banned straws. I think he originally wanted to ban plastic bags that now everybody is in an uproar against. Because, like, I think in, in New York State, it went into effect. <laughs> it's so fucking obnoxious, dude. It's fucking retarded. And I, I went to the store uh, the day after my vacation just to get, like, dinner, right? So I, I just bought a bag of frozen fucking raviolis, a jar of sauce or gravy, if you're civilized. <clears throat> huh? uh, no eggs. Oh, okay. Uh, I was about to ask. Yeah. Um, and uh, some frozen... Uh, uh, the the cheesy bread. Of course. Just something I could throw together quick because I'm fucking exhausted. Yeah, yeah. I've been drunk for like fucking 10 days straight. <laughs> uh, I go to check out and they ring me up. They leave the stuff there. I pay. I look. The stuff is still laying there. I look back at the lady. She's looking at me. No bags. Like what? You ran out? You got to get them from another register? No. No more plastic bags. I guess this happened while I was gone. Yeah, I think March 1st it went into yeah. effect. So I was just standing there. I'm like... Mm. Chief of Border Security. He's onto something. Very upset about something. Mm. Uh, so she's like, oh, do you want to buy one of these? No. And I, I scooped everything <laughs> up with my two hand arms and waddled out so, my goods. Yeah, because I think now what? You could buy paper bags. Yeah, that's fucking stupid. Now, you know what I'm going to do just to combat this because I'm just a spiteful asshole? I'm just going to take all my recycling and throw it in the garbage. Fuck you know what you. I find funny? What kind of container do you think my frozen raviolis were in? Oh, funny, a plastic bag. Mm-hmm. What kind of container do you think the frozen cheesy bread was in? Interesting, a plastic bag. Yes. So now what I'm going to do, uh, we usually, in my house, uh, we tie like a plastic shopping bag because I believe in recycling like a normal human being. I don't go crazy like the, we're killing the whales and shit like that. But I, I try to be a little responsible. I'm cognizant. So I have the used grocery shopping bags and I use them to collect my recyclable like water bottles and shit. Right. And then I dump them into my recycle bin. Everything all one nice neat little package. Well, dude, I have hundreds of plastic bags. Oh, this is good. So now what I'm going to do, next time I go grocery shopping, I'm going to put everything in that store's plastic bag. <laughs> I like that. And then watch everyone else freak out. That's a good idea. What you should do is every single time you bring them home, you should like you should put them out and make them nice and neat. And when you show up, you should put it on that little uh, the metal <laughs> on the rack, so they think that you're using <laughs> their plastic bags. Then just take them with you, and the yeah. next person is just going to lose their minds. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking retarded. So dumb. Just like we're banning large sodas. Why? Why? So now I can only get a 16 ounce. All right, whatever. If I want more, I'm going to go back and get more. Yeah. Like, why are you telling me what I should be doing? Like, if I want to kill myself and become diabetic, that's my fucking choice. Right. Nothing infuriates me more than when the government tries to come in and tell me what I can and can't do. Like, that's not the idea of freedom. Yes. You know? That's not the idea of freedom. You want that shit, go move to fucking Cuba. 
Or as I like to say, Cuba. Cuba. Like so, Cuba Gooding. Junior. Two plastic bags. I like your idea. I'm going to start bringing all my plastic bags to the store. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'll reuse them. That's my version of recycling. Yeah, I like I'll that. just keep using the same plastic <laughs> bags. Uh, all right, to Cuba. Uh, to, uh, uh, to Guineas. So we can't say the word? Uh, no. Can't? Well, I can't. Uh, Wait, you just said you just said guineas. Right. You, you, so you can do this part. So to guineas. Ah, yes, to the guineas. Not right. Uh, but, but you can't <laughs> say that word. To, uh, to voodoo. So twos. The curse of twos. Vo- voodoos. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. Voodoos. <laughs> uh, to the Bacchus pipe. A big fan. Savage peace pipe. Thank you. And speaking of pipes, two dice. And dice.